0: Welcome back to the Noel Kassler podcast episode 23. I'm back here with always my main man Jimmy Kennedy having himself a good hair day today ladies.
1: Jimmy how you doing brother? (laughs) Hair is immaculate today Noel thanks for noticing buddy. Always good to talk with you. Another crazy week to be in the U.S. of A my man. Yeah
0: it's a fine place to live isn't it?
1: The decline of our society is really just setting in. I mean it you know this vaccine thing is like become let's make a deal you know Jim Irsay is offering tickets to a preseason football game for people that aren't vaccinated you know like yeah it's it's ridiculous
0: for something that'll save your life and save you from suffering and for something that people in other nations would kill to have and um it's a psycholo- it's psychological warfare at this point the right doesn't all the people that are promoting not getting vaccinated and personal freedoms, your governor DeSantis, your governor Abbotts, your Greg Deuces or whatever the hell his name is in Arizona. These guys are all vaccinated, right? You can't walk into the governor's mansion in Florida and get anywhere near the governor or his staff, <laughs> like without following COVID protocols. And that was from the beginning. You know, that was a year and a half ago. They locked that place down. So they're protecting these guys. But they know it's a political cudgel to wield against their opposition. And they frankly want the deaths to rise because they can blame it on Biden. You know, they can say, look, this guy didn't handle it. That's why DeSantis stopped counting the deaths last year and fired the woman who was making a website charting where COVID was in Florida. You know, she became an outlaw. They raided her house in the middle of the night with long guns and stuff. So they don't care about people dying. They care about wielding power over these people and they want an uneducated populace because it's easier to do that. And in Florida, they added an extra twist to it by offering school vouchers. So if you're uncomfortable sending your child to a public school that's gonna require them wearing a mask to save their lives, their fellow classmates' lives, potentially their grandparents, their bus driver, you know, their cafeteria food worker, all these other people that they're going to come in contact with with children. They're offering vouchers for the parents that think it's an affront to their personal freedoms to have their child masks so they can send them to private schools and mostly those are probably going to be some kind of parochial southern you know baptist kind of school where they're not going to learn any of that hanky stuff like science and dinosaurs you know and learn the real truth that little baby jesus was born to a virgin in a manger 2000 years ago and that's when the world began <laughs> you know what i mean they they hold on to fairy tales and ignorance just like they did in the olden days you know they burned witches at the stake cuz they were afraid of progress They were afraid of like the power that women had and and women's independence. A lot of this world and the politics and religion of this world is based on white men's fear, you know? And how do I keep other people down? How do I protect my mediocrity? And now you have stands of mediocrity. Texas is the capital of worldwide mediocrity right now. It's the dumbest place you could live in the country, you know? And it's not to say everyone there is dumb people, you know, I'm a comedian. These are generalizations. I'm speaking out about currents that I see in our country. Alabama has the highest number of PhDs probably in the United States. People don't know that, but Huntsville, Alabama has got a lot of smart people in there. You know, that's where they do all this rocket research and NASA and stuff. There's exceptions to every rule. Obviously there's brilliant people in Texas, you know, Michael Dell, like your whole computer, like high tech corridor is there outside of Austin. So, But what I'm saying is that the populace, that the people that they exploit that are going to vote for a little Dan Crenshaw because he puts on a like superhero Captain America costume and a glass eye and fights the bad guys, but then hides under a desk, you know, when real trouble hits but pretends like he's a hero, these cosplay Republicans are able to manipulate the populace in these places because they've been dumbed down over generations by Fox News, by Reagan, by cutting arts funding, as we say on this show pretty much every week. And that's coming home to roost now. You know, those people are now defenseless against a guy like DeSantis, who's basically instituting death for you and your children as a matter of policy to help his political candidacy for president. He's running for president now. He stopped governing a long time ago. You know, he's coming out there and trying to get sound bites against Biden every day as if he's in a debate three years away from the next presidential transfer of power. So, you know, it's it's incredibly morose and it's something that we shouldn't stand for. You know, a lot of people are in these states and they're like, well, what can I do about it? I'm a good person. I live here. I vote Democratic. Well, it's your state. You know, you can surround the Capitol. You can go down to Tallahassee and say, we're not standing for this. Fuck you. Get out of here. You know, you're a criminal. You're a crook. And that's a state that's been hijacked by crooks for decades. Rick Scott It was even worse than DeSantis in many ways. The guy pleaded the fifth like 85 times in his deposition because he stole the most money from Medicare of anybody in history when he was CEO of a healthcare company. He literally robbed Medicare blind. They busted him for it. He pled the fifth. And then he got this sweetheart deal that somehow only like rich white men get where they had to pay him six million dollars to quit. You know, after he used the company to embezzle money from our federal government, they paid him to leave. That only happens to white people. Black guy steals a, a backpack, allegedly, and gets thrown in solitary confinement for three years or works on a chain gang in Mississippi for 20 years because he stole a pack of gum. But these white guys get paid to leave. Oh, thank you kindly, sir. Please leave now with your millions that you pilfered from the government and then run another political campaign talking about how you're against socialism when you just made your fortune by stealing something from a democratic socialist policy. So they know what they're doing, but they don't want their people knowing what they're doing. You follow me here, Jimmy?
1: I do. Yeah. I mean, I want, I take a look at, you know, Brett Kavanaugh, you know, I I talked, I said in another episode, I could get an interview at Budweiser. And if I said, I love beer in the interview, like enthusiastically as Brett Kavanaugh did, even at Budweiser, I'm not getting that job. But Brett Kavanaugh's on the court right now, you know, and you're having a really bad week if you're Governor DeSantis when uh, Matt Gates is the second most hated guy in your state, you know, and he's still serving on committee, knowing that he had a Venmo transaction for sex trafficking. Like, Florida has been uh, a poor example of what America is for a long time, but the entire state, including its legislation or its legislative body, has become a Florida man <laughs> an embarrassment of a headline uh, more it, often than not
0: exactly yeah. no florida is like florida should be arrested like the entire <laughs> state should just be like you have the right to remain silence get up against the wall okay you guys get out of the swamp stop wrestling that alligator put down the mountain dew and the meth pipe and listen to reason here you know and the irony of florida is it's full of smart people and, and this is going to sound bad, but a lot of Northerners, you know, a lot of New Yorkers went down to South Florida. That's where people retire. I know somebody there who's you know, went to Harvard, had a huge business, you know, I mean, these guys are rich. And a lot of them, you know, I rail against on here, Palm Beach, and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of people who hurt somebody in a way to get their money. And now they're just living the dream down there. But there's a lot of just normal people who grew up with compassion and education. You know, there's people who who worked in the civil rights movement, you know, in the 60s. That was infused by lots of Jewish Americans, you know, were involved in that stuff. And they're now retired down in Florida and they're held hostage in these retirement communities because they're surrounded by idiots, you know, and they have to go play bridge with them in the afternoon or play golf with them and stuff, you know, and and it's become like a political thing. Like, well, we we don't discuss the virus or masks is we don't want to offend our neighbors. It shouldn't be offensive. It's it's a matter of public health policy. If you were at an orgy and somebody had herpes, and was like, yo, I'm getting in next. <laughs> you'd be like, no, you're not. you back. you going outside, bro. Come back when you don't have a flare up. You ain't getting none of this, you know, but like for somehow now we're supposed to look the other way in Walmart when somebody comes and hacks a cough on you because they're buying an air mattress because grandma's moving in or something, you know? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, and I've said this on other shows, but if we can't unite under a pandemic, the great equalizer as a virus that could infect anybody, including children who are now on ventilators, if you want to see that sort of stuff, it's documented, it's everywhere. What can we unite under? The, the crazy thing about these Trump supporters still going along with this anti-masking, you know, anti-vaccination narrative, it's killing his base. You know, how many old people voted for Trump? You know that are 65 and up and most of the people that would die from covid are that age it just it's truly a cult where they're going along with the leader even if it hurts them
0: well it, but i and i get that point jimmy and and yeah. i hear a lot of people pointing that out it's an astute observation but here's the fallacy in that argument they don't care about their base they don't need the votes anymore because they're cheating Right. right? They're not counting on getting the popular vote anymore. They're not counting on winning in a, a district fair and square in a democratic way. They're counting on gerrymandering. And beyond that, now they're counting on, you know, purging the voter rolls. Raffensberger, you know, the guy who we kind of saw as a hero in January, because he, he didn't acquiesce to Trump's demands of just overturn it, you know, and we learned this week that he f- tried to force the DOJ to do just that. Just say I, you know, just say it wasn't fair and I'll take care of the rest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Raffensberger yesterday sent out letters to a quarter of a million voters and said, hey, I'm purging you from the voter rolls. The letter was basically a precursor to you getting kicked off the rolls. And the demographics of these you know, letters fall heavily in the African-American community. So they're basically making sure that what happened in Georgia, where Warnock, and I can't remember the other guy's name right now, you know, where they won. Who's the other guy, Jimmy? John you know, Ossoff. John Ossoff, right? So yeah. they're going to make sure that never happens again, right? So they're purging these voter rolls. So they don't need the base. You know, they need a minimal amount of angry white men and women to vote for them, to vote for Marjorie Taylor Green. And even if they lose that vote, they now have secretaries of state in these Republican red states that are going to overturn the results anyway. You think you're going to get a fair election out of Arizona Anytime <laughs> in the future, you know, it's like the Reich taggers, you know, like they're just going to be like, nope, the Nazi won, you know, the white guy won. So they're not they don't care about their base. And they're willing to sacrifice them to sort of hurt Biden politically.
1: Well, and as far as like overseeing the last government or the last governor election in Florida, it was Governor Kemp who eliminated how many votes from the rolls that ultimately gave him the win. You know, it's not like they are beyond doing it They've already done it exactly. to put in power. And once you open the door to one criminal act, it only allows for more egregious stuff in the future. We've seen that with the Trump administration. Exactly. And, you know,
0: like you said before, if you can't get people to unite in healthcare, care in, in coming together to combat a pandemic, which is the greatest challenge of our lifetime. In World War II, they faced real challenges. Not that this isn't a real challenge, it's certainly a real challenge, but you're able to do it with the conveniences of modern life and on the back of a, you know, one of the world's top economies for the last 70 years. Coming from an industrialized, very wealthy economy for the most part, you know, even the poorest among us aren't poor by the standards of the Great Mm -hmm. Depression where you were boiling shoe leather to make soup. You know what I mean? And that's what these kids were coming out of. And then they all got together and were able to work in 24-hour shifts in factories. You know, the women are the unsung heroes of World War II. You know, we talk about the men. And yes, they were brave and Storm D-Day and all this stuff that obviously is insanely (laughs) crazy and and brave. But so were these women. You know, I talk about this all the time. 20-year-old women left their homes in the Midwest and went and worked in shipyards in places like Portland and learned how to weld underwater, bro, in a dive belt. <laughs> in one of those yeah. things from like 20,000 leagues under the sea in a big leather suit, they're underwater in the dark welding. And a month ago, they were living in Minnesota and never seen the ocean. Right? They were. They, I mean, that's life-threatening, scary stuff. And they're doing that in 12-hour shifts. Now coming yeah. out of a place where they could barely get enough food growing up. You know, when they saw their daddy lose work and they are living in a cold flat. And now we can't put on a mask to walk in Walmart to pick up your freaking giant size like Fritos and go home and watch (laughs) Netflix and play your video games and sit on your couch and buy anything you want on a computer with a
1: click of a button and have it delivered to your door the next day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, I just don't understand it. Like you said, Amazon Prime is an option. It's not like we had any shortage of content that we could have watched. You know, all the streaming platforms have done extremely well. That's one business model that hasn't failed during this pandemic and you know as somebody with an underlying condition that's the other crazy thing on a community level you know somebody that could be impacted by this virus and you should do it for them because you know them personally you know there are plenty of people that would know me in in my town and i would hope they'd wear a mask for me but it's become a constitutional crisis and a and a hit to their ego as opposed to just following a public health measure it's really sad
0: right and it's part of this toxic masculinity thing like this i guess this guy's a baseball player some kind of idiot don't even say his name but the awesome Mm -hmm. christopher titus got into like a twitter war with him because he he, he's selling t-shirts that said like real men don't ask permission basically a pro-rape t-shirt you know and he's just some douchebag baseball player that i've seen you know on twitter and stuff but it's like if you're selling toxicity You know, and real men don't ask permission and it's freedom. I don't have to wear a mask. People don't understand what freedom is. You know what true freedom is, Jimmy? It's getting away from the conditioning that you're sold because we're all programmed by our parents and our society, right? We're born sort of with a natural state of wonder and empathy and caring for the other world, you know, and the world around us, nature, other children, other people, you know, we're happy. We're kind of like how you are all the time, Jimmy. Right. Right. And then we get skeptical. Right. We get like, Hey, our parents say, Hey, don't play with that kid. They're not like us. That family shouldn't even be living in this neighborhood. This guy shouldn't do this and that like, and I apologize for the noise guys. I'm out here on Nantucket. It's just loud. Um, (laughs) I guess it's lawnmower day in the house I'm in, but um, bear with us. And uh, so now you get like conditioned in your society. And you're told what freedom is and it's behave in a certain way and nobody can tell you what to do. True freedom is realizing that you're connected to everything, that you have a responsibility to the birds, the bees, the bugs, the people. You know, we're we're all one organism when you break things down to a sort of spiritual metaphysical level, we're all part of the same whole. It's always the right hand fighting the left. As much as you think it's not, if you wanna punish those people that are coming here to live a better life, you're ultimately hurting yourself and weakening the host, You know, weakening the whole planet. But this idea of this rugged individualism, it's freedom. You can't tell me to wear a mask. That's not freedom. True freedom is manning up and saying, I'm not gonna get somebody else's grandmother sick because I don't have the right to do that because we're both alive here at the same time. And it's incumbent upon all of us to do the best we can to ensure that everybody sort of lives in abundance and good health, right? That's real freedom. Real freedom is realizing you're part of a whole and a society and you have to do everything in your power to, you know, make it a safe place. It's not like, screw you. I don't care if you get sick, I'm not wearing a mask.
1: Well, and it's also an ability to understand that part of, having power is an ability to allow others to have power. You know, you're not trying to suppress their ability to advance their own lives. As long as um, it's something that is healthy for the majority of society, it becomes an issue. And we've seen it with nationalism becoming more popular now. People have tied their national identity into their religion, into their political belief, and people kill for stuff like that. That's where it's really dangerous. And It's hard to unring those bells once you've lost that much humanity. You know, it's hard to go back.
0: Absolutely. You know, and it's also like, you know, think about you mentioned Florida before, and we have all these things with DeSantis and the masks and, you know, giving vouchers for private schools because he made it illegal to have mask mandates in these districts and all these horrible things. We're not even addressing the environmental impact. Florida has the Florida stream it's part of the Gulf stream. An article came out this week how it, it could collapse the Atlantic Mm. meridional overturning circulation or whatever it's called, AMOC. You know, it's basically the Gulf Stream. And that's where warm, salty water comes up the water's saltier down by the caribbean right because it's hot Mm -hmm. so it evaporates has more salt content it comes up on this stream that hugs the east coast of north america and goes all the way to greenland right and when it hits the higher latitudes it gets colder and it sinks below the water's surface right so Mm -hmm. it's this big stream that goes up there carrying salt and then it pushes down the water beneath it and that water recirculates down to antarctica Okay, and that controls the world's climate essentially. And now that everything's heating and that the glaciers are melting, there's more fresh water going into the North Atlantic and that Gulf Stream is rising. And if that Gulf Stream can no longer sink down into the water, we're dead. It freezes. That's how the last ice age happened. Okay, it freezes, and because that's what controls the world's weather essentially because it transfers the heat. It's basically like a heat regulator. You know what I mean? It it brings some warmth up and it brings some coolness down and it keeps it all chill. Once that collapses, it's game over. Sea levels rise, you know, north. Europe freezes because it's a main temperature stabilizer Stabilizer in Europe. So that's like apocalyptic stuff, right? And that goes, that's, goes right by Florida. There's actually part of it is called the Florida Stream, right? We see this summer this red tide. There was 600 million pounds of fish that washed up on the Florida shores. You can't go to the beach in Florida. It's summer, but you can't go there unless you want to smell, you know, what millions of dead fish rotting on the beach smell like. He's not doing anything about that. He's not doing about the you know doing anything about red tide and algae blooms. I'm on Nantucket this week. This pond I've been swimming in forever, you can't go in the pond anymore cuz there's an algae bloom and it's toxic. You know, this is Nantucket. This is the North Atlantic, you know. This is cold, normally pretty cold, chill water. The world is changing before our eyes, and if you can't get people to wear a mask, you think you're going to get them to stop riding their lawnmower for 4 hours every Saturday, you know, <laughs> or driving the Ford F150 King Ranch edition to their bank where they sit at a desk for six hours but wanna feel like a tough guy when they get out in the parking lot because they're, yeah. they're into like being a toxic male instead of showing up in a Prius like they should. And like they do in Europe, driving a little car that gets fuel economy. You think you're gonna be able to unite Americans behind that and there's a reason they're attacking that, Jimmy. There's a reason that every Republican comes out against the Green New New Deal and tries to promote like AOC is a communist and all this stuff. And they try to make fun of it in simple terms, right? What was Trump saying? Hey, they're taking away your hamburgers. They're going to make cows illegal. Windmills cause cancer. No, they don't. Windmills are a real good way to get energy. It's wind. It's free. Digging in the ground for an oil company. ExxonMobil just got kicked out of this climate policy board that they were on yesterday. These oil companies will destroy the planet and the oil companies own the politicians. Greg Abbott is owned outright by fracking interests in oil and gas interest. And they just announced yesterday in Texas that the consumers are gonna have to pay for that shutdown they had last winter when Ted Cruz flew to Cancun, what? right? Yeah,
1: That's their crazy. bills are gonna
0: go up 10 to 15% for the next 10 years. So they have to pay the cost of that and during that by the way those companies made a billion dollars in that week because they raised the rates because it's they're not part of a regulatory board so they were able to say hey your power just went from 200 dollars a month to 1200 sorry
1: wasn't it the state the state of texas that decided to make yes. that electrical good shoddy and then they're going to make the citizens pay for that mistake
0: Right. Well, they didn't want to be part of the national grid because they didn't want regulation. Right. If right. The, 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 how power works in this country is it's part of a national grid. So if the power goes out in California, they can pipe in some from Nevada. To make up the difference, you know, but then it all has to be sort of like under the auspices of a big regulatory board that can say what you're doing with the factories and, you know, not factories, but, you know, with your power plants and all that make it clean and stuff like that. And Texas was like, oh, hell no, we don't want no part of that. (laughs) You know, we're Texas, we're going to do it our own way. So they have a crappy board where they cut costs, because they want the guys who own it to make all the money. It's the same Mm -hmm. way that, you know, the Koch brothers will run pipelines all over the country and not care if they leak, because it's cheaper to have a leak than it is to fix a potential leak, because then they have to shut down operations to make the repairs, right? So these oil companies are based on like, we get to pollute with impunity, why would we care to regulate the thing and make sure it's safe? We're only going to make money, and you saw the worst case scenario this February, or whenever it was in that ice storm. And what happened? Like the oil company, I mean, the electric companies didn't suffer. They made billions in that couple of week period. And then they passed on the cost of that to the consumer. And the governor signed off on it because they own him. He doesn't have a choice but to do that. They have his little balls in a jar in their desk somewhere. And Big yeah. Tommy, whoever the fuck, has his steak and his cigar and says, here's what you're <laughs> going to do, Abbott. And and Abbott doesn't think twice about it anymore because he knows there's enough idiots running around in their pickup trucks with flags and guns that if he throws them a little gun bonus, like September 1st, you don't need a permit anymore. You can shoot anybody you want, (laughs) you know, like that they're going to be like, oh, that's the guy for us, you know, Robo Rambo or whatever the hell, you know? (laughs) So like that, that's what I'm saying. That's what my theme here is that we somehow need to sort of educate people Against the Southern strategy that was enacted by Reagan, you know, that you're not this mythical American rugged individual thing that that's a cartoon character that only hurts the planet, the society, your children, you know, and each generation, it gets successively worse, it doesn't get better as bad as those states are were you know we're in the 80s when Reagan let like corporations all move out and shut down the factories they're 10 times worse now you know the rust belt rusted and then meth came in cuz the Sackler family wanted to sell OxyContin even though everybody said in the 90s you can't be given this out for pain management you know you're going to create an army of addicts and that's what happened go through ohio now go through west virginia you know these people are devastated you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who hasn't lost a friend or a child or a parent to an overdose. It's like the leading cause of death in America right now. That was all for one family, the Sackler family who owned Purdue pharma and wanted to sell this shit. You know, when I saw all that go down in New York city. So, You know, and they put their name on, you know, the side of the Guggenheim, the Sackler wing or something. And you feel like, hey, these are good people. They live on Park Avenue. That's the thing is, or they're here in Nantucket, right? I walk around Nantucket, there's these super yachts everywhere. And I always say, like, you don't get one of those without hurting somebody. You don't, not everybody gets to be Michael Jordan or Elvis. Like certain people are going to make a huge amount of money, right? You invent Microsoft, you become a Bill Gates, right? But now there's a gazillion billionaire. That shows you something is wrong. You know, and you shouldn't have that much outsized wealth compared to other people in your society, especially if you're not paying your fair share in taxes.
1: Well, and, you know, it wasn't like Jeff Bezos wasn't making money that he launched himself into space. That was a free commercial that he got on national TV. You know, CNN, MSNBC, every major news network was streaming the launch of that when they knew damn well he didn't pay into the tax system. Trump's the same way, paid $750 to the United States government, serving as its president of the United States. That just doesn't seem right.
0: Right, and said that makes me smart because Hillary knew it and she called him on it and said, well, that makes me smart. You know, and people buy that. They think, oh, that's awesome. I don't want to pay taxes either. It's so funny, like, you know, I know a lot of these kind of guys that favor Trump and sort of favor his mindset and it's all been about taxes. You know, and first of all, Trump raised taxes on me. He punished the people in New York, like in Westchester and Long Island, who didn't vote for him. And he raised the property taxes essentially by he lowered the the home mortgage, like the tax credit. You used to be able to write off $15,000 of your home, and now you can only write off 10 grand or something. So everybody's property taxes went up where I live, went up in California, Southern California, you know, places that didn't vote for him. He punished right away. But my point is, those kind of people, it always comes down to these nickel and dime tax bills. And you should just assume you're going to give a lot of your money away to the government. That's how it works. It's not the evil empire. You're, you know, existing in this society because of the government. They don't bitch about it in Scandinavia as much. And you know what? People aren't sleeping on the streets. People aren't going out without health care. People aren't going bankrupt because they get a diagnosis of cancer or something, because they've been eating poisonous food that's been sold to them by a corporation that has never paid taxes and they're working with a $750 an hour minimum wage. So what else are they gonna do? You know, you got a half an hour for lunch. There's a $5 lunch. It gives you sugar and 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 fried potatoes and some horrible meat you know that's been factory farmed and destroying the planet and it seems like a bargain but it's not you're paying with your life and if we pay more into our society we get more out of it but my point is they're able to pay buy these guys off with these small little tax breaks bush gave people back 2 grand GW Bush, right? Two grand was his big selling point over, you know, Al Gore who wanted to save the planet. Who's one of the early people saying, look, we got to address this now. Can you imagine if we had started to implement what Gore was talking about 20 years ago? It's 20 years later, I'm sitting in Nantucket. It rained for a week, right? It was 60 degrees and rainy. I've been coming here forever one or two rainy days in the summer, you know, when I'm here for a week or two. Now it's raining and cold pretty much every day. A nice mm-hmm. sunny day is the rarity. So it's on us, you know, we're talking about the Gulf Stream collapsing. One of the scientists, and this is a wonderful article, like if you don't read anything else this summer, read this article in the Washington Post about the Amok Gulf Stream collapsing. And the article cites the guy who's the head of the Oceanog- Oceanographic Institute in Woods Hole, Mass. And I was there like five years ago with Graham Nash. He was giving an award because he's done a lot of environmental conservation. So he was given this thing called the Stellwagen Award. And we went up there and they they gave us this big luncheon or him a luncheon, I'm his road manager. So I'm there with him. And we got this big luncheon and we're sitting around with all these research scientists and you know, guys who saved the whales and climate scientists and this guy, Peter DeMock or something, who's, who's the head of it. he's named in this article, we went to his house for dinner later. But we're sitting at this luncheon, and this little girl comes up to the table. And she's got a pen and paper. And the waitress brings her over, and she's like, "Hey, sorry to disturb you guys. She wants to ask an autograph. You know, she wants to ask for an autograph." And there's this little girl holding a pen and paper, and we're like, "Okay, you know." And I'm assuming she's going to ask Graham for an autograph, right? He's the f- famous rock star. I'm kind of surprised, like a ten-year-old knew who he was. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> so I'm like, "Oh, she's going to, you know, her parents sent her over or something. They recognize Graham." And she points to one of the climate scientists and said, you're my hero. I started a lemonade stand this summer and donated money to your charity to try and help save the environment. And I was like, oh my God, you know, what a wonderful thing that these children were getting involved in this. And it wasn't the rock star who was her idol. It was the climate scientist, you know? And it gave me this idea. I was like, I had a light bulb moment. And then I later pitched it after she went away because we were kicking around ideas of what we could do and i said let's do a show a tv show that's like jacques Cousteau meets behind the music where we'll take a rock star like neil young or somebody out doing whale tagging you know looking at the the barrier reef and we had guys from the uh from NOAA there dan basta was the head of the national oceanic Atmospheric association at the time this was during obama's years And he was like, great, like, you can have anything you want, you can have a submarine, you know, and I was like, great, let's put Springsteen in a submarine, you know, and get people to tune in to see, you know, Eddie Vedder or their favorite rock star, but realize that the real rock stars were these climate scientists, you know what I mean, that were these guys that were trying to save the planet. And let's try to turn on a younger generation to get involved in this fight, because there really is nothing more important even this health scare is is horrible and horrific. It's nothing compared to what's going to happen when it really starts hitting the fan in terms of climate change. You don't think you like immigration now. Wait till there's, you know, 50 million people who can't live in Central America anymore trying to get up north to higher ground because that's what's going to happen. Wait till Miami's uninhabitable. So I had this idea and it, it didn't happen for one reason or another. It went kind of far and the Rockefeller Foundation was going to fund it at one point and then Things happen but it's somebody should make that show maybe we'll make it jimmy maybe we'll put yeah. you we'll put <laughs> you on a boat you want to go out to sea? i know jimmy doesn't like sharks y'all
1: well you know it's uh jimmy says crazy things when animals attack you know that that might be the, the name of the show but uh I no I'd, I'd love to do it man and you know music has always been something that unites people so to to bring in folks that have a music background or some kind of celebrity. You know, I could see LeBron James going on an adventure in, in the Got in the wild, trying to see what, what he can find and discover as the leader of the NBA and a guy that's looked at as a prominent leader. You know, we need guys like that to be supporting these things.
0: That's a great idea. See, I hadn't even yeah. thought of athletes. That would be even better. You'd get yeah. even more people involved. You know, maybe I'll ask Jay-Z tonight at Obama's party. You know, yeah. it's on the other island. I'm on Nantucket. Martha's Vineyard is the other one. So right. Obama scaled scaled back his party. You know, there was like six hundred people invited. A lot of them got the got the axe, but I think uh Beyonce and Jay Z still made the cut. And uh I didn't make the cut, I'm just joking. You do <laughs> uh, so. yeah. yeah. But I, I had my time with Obama. But For me, I got involved in progressive politics because of musicians. You know, it was the No Nukes concert that were a galvanizing event for me as a kid. And I ended up working with those guys Jackson Brown and Crosby Stills and Nash and Graham Nash. That's where I learned a lot of what I know, you know, and and not that I know a lot. I don't. You know, I'm just a comedian. I'm just somebody who cares about the world and people will comment, like, oh, this is brilliant. This makes so much sense. I'm not like a, a. There's, there's experts on all of this stuff and I'm not one of them. And I don't claim to be what I emulate is empathy. Okay. What I've learned is empathy. And I see artists that I admire caring about something other than themselves and their, their new car or their new single or their new guitar. You want to see people that are going to point you to like, this is what you should be paying attention to. And if we bring people together, we can do it together. You know, that's That's the thing that's what we're losing in this time that our country's divided. We're losing the joy of empathy, the joy of working together as a team. You're a sports fan. You see the Super Bowl. You know, I used to run on the field every year when a team won. OK, and I don't know dick about football, <laughs> you know, and I happened to be there for like 13 Super Bowls, but I would run onto that field no matter who won, except for the Patriots. When the Patriots won, was- <laughs> they're poor sports and they're assholes. And Belichick's house is just down the road, by the way, Jimmy. Oh, I walk it by is. it every day and I think of you. But, uh, and it's a nice place, as you can imagine. <laughs> but um, what happens on that field when they win is empathy. It's teamwork. It's, they got through this together and that's where the jubilation comes in, right? There's never really any stars. You know, They hand the trophy to the quarterback and he lifts it up, but it's the linemen. It's the guys you never heard of who were on the field because they were part of a team. They all made sacrifices for the greater good. And that's what feels good. That's what we're celebrating when we watch sports. We're celebrating for the most part teamwork. Even the individual athletes that we're seeing in the Olympics that are on now are part of a team. Simone Biles stepped aside for the betterment of her team. They tried to knock her for doing it. No, that's real strength. I'm not ready today, coach, put somebody else in. I'm not hundred percent. Give this other person a shot instead of ball hogging it and being like, this is my moment on the world stage. Think of the amount of empathy it takes to not grab the spotlight, to know you're gonna get pilloried for doing it, you know. but to know mm-hmm. that it's the right thing to do for you. And she it turns out she lost her aunt during that time. So she gave greater deference to the world around her, to, to the lineage of her family, you know, to the sort of temple of her heart over the temple of sport and a gold medal. She doesn't need a gold medal. That's a champion if ever there was one born. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That is a champion. That is greatness walking among us. And that's what true greatness is. It's stepping aside and letting somebody else have a shot, right? What What are the videos people love to see most on Twitter, right? It's always when somebody who had to sit on the sidelines for the whole season and they're ahead and they're like we're gonna give this guy the ball right and you see his team letting this guy run up the field and you see him smiling and then you see the other team throwing fake tackles jumping just behind him right that's when i start to cry every time i watch that when the other team says i'm getting in on this this feels better than humiliating my opponent this feels good and then everybody's crying right Because that's love, baby. That's what we're here for, to love each other, lift each other up. And that's what we need now more than ever. And anybody who's coming at you to divide this place, to say you don't have to wear a mask, is not a leader. They're a criminal. They're a criminal trying to hurt you to better themselves. And they're forgetting empathy and compassion. They're trying to destroy you they're the same thing as a bank robber willing to shoot somebody to take a bunch of cash out of a vault it's the same thing DeSantis is killing people Governor Abbott is killing people
1: well and I know I've been very uh sports centric today but I've got a really cool story so when uh I think this was right before Peyton Manning left for the Broncos he was still playing for the Colts uh and My doctor got me an opportunity to play football at Lucas Oil Stadium. Like they were going to have the stadium open with the lights on. And it was part of our Challenger Football League. It was part of our, we called it our Super Bowl because we had played a few games. And I was the starting quarterback. I was the captain of the team. And then right as we're about to start playing on the field at Lucas Oil Stadium, three Colts players came out and was like, this is the reason why we play football. You know, to see guys like you be out on the field and it meant a lot to have a growing adult tell me that I was strong you know so it doesn't take a lot to change somebody's life but empathy can do it there you go Jimmy and you are strong brother you're I've met a
0: lot of football players brother you're stronger than any football player I've ever met okay and I
1: met a lot of them I met your heroes you know Peyton Manning got into the hall of fame this week so it's been uh to see my sports hero get there it means a lot.
0: I'm gonna tell you a manning story then. There's your yeah. promise, and then we're gonna close out the show because weed weed is outside the window here. I'll be <laughs> back at the fireplace next week, folks. And thanks for listening for the uh through the disturbances. And it's what I'm talking about, it's climate change. You don't need to be weed whacking with a gas powered weed whacker right now. You know, it's let it go. Let your garden go. Let the butterflies fly, let the bees come. This is not the time for manicured lawns, okay. That's a throwback to another era. The shit doesn't even grow here naturally. Okay, get over it. It's not Versailles. It's your cul-de-sac, you know, in Parsippany. Let it go. Let the leaves fall and nourish the earth. Anyway, so the Super Bowl where Peyton Manning won in 2007, whenever it was out in Phoenix, that wonderful game, you know, where they destroyed the Patriots, you know, with the catch against the helmet and all that. So, you know, one of the the highlights of my life was just being there and running onto the field. And Belichick actually ran off, walked off the field early in disgust. So we all ran (laughs) on... field to celebrate. And the coaches, you know, the referees started yelling at us like, there's still time on the clock. You know, they they were trying to keep the celebration down and it couldn't. And I'm running out there and confetti's falling. And I look down, I find a $20 bill, Spike Lee's sitting next to me. I'm like, look, I just found a 20, (laughs) you know, like what else is going to happen? A cheerleader going to kiss me like this is insane, you know? So I'm walking around taking all these pictures. And then after a little bit I go into the hallways, you know, the back hallways by the players locker rooms and I'm with a buddy and we're taking pictures and all of a sudden I see Archie, Peyton and their mom coming this way. You know what a vom is? It's like the hallway of a stadium. It's like the, the part that leads onto the field. So they're coming from the right outside of the vom, And then I see Eli and it's the first time they talk, you know, see each other and Eli's walking, like carrying his helmet, still in his uniform. And he goes. Archie sees Eli, they see each other and Archie goes son and Eli goes dad and they just embrace right and they're just this family at this point, you know, this wonderful thing that just happened on the world stage that was amazing was now reduced into this moment of a family hugging and loving each other you know, and Peyton was laughing and smiling and happy for his little brother that he got his moment. He wasn't like, Oh, I'm so jealous, you know, cause it was clearly one of the best games you're ever going to see in your life. It was a family hugging and loving each other. Right. It was a beautiful moment. And then I told my friend, get my picture. And I stuck in myself in sideways and gave a peace <laughs> sign as they're having this moment. And one of their security guards came and was just like, get the hell out of here and threw me out of there. But, uh, And I have that picture somewhere, but it was just a beautiful moment. And it's like what you're saying. All of this stuff is about love. Ultimately, any kind of like display of human greatness or anything is all to kind of celebrate each other. Yeah, we're competitive. Yeah, it's a sport. You know, yeah, the game is about knocking each other's heads off. But ultimately, if you're victorious, it's because you've done something that other people in that unit can feel good about. Do you know what I'm saying? He was doing that because he was making his Pop's proud, who was an incredible quarterback, you know, and his little brother was, so it wasn't about proving something. It was about sharing something. Do you you follow me? And that's what you should orient your life towards. What can I share? You know, what can I give somebody else? How can I make somebody else's life better? How can I be of service with these talents that I have? And that's when you really feel good, because it's not about getting glory for yourself. It's about giving glory to something else. All right. So that's where we're going to stop it this week. Jimmy, you got anything you want to promote? And
1: be careful, everybody out there. It's a hot summer, right? I'll just plug the website. Uh, for anybody that wants to check out my stuff, you can go to jbkonair.com. One-stop shopping uh, for Twitter and Instagram. I'm not on Facebook anymore, No, I decided to toss myself with Facebook, so I'm not on there anymore. But still, oh, uh, Twitter and Instagram, Jbk Air.
0: Big news. Jimmy's got his own website. Damn, I always forget to plug my website. Well, I got a website too. NoelCastler.com. Find everything on there as well. I am still on Facebook. I despise Facebook. I would encourage all of you guys to get off Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg is evil incarnate. And it's a scam. And it's a horrible thing that's helped spread this disinformation probably more than anything else. Your your people not wearing your masks are probably doing that because they first heard about it on Facebook. So, Congrats for getting off it. I can't at this point just for whatever random person finds me. And I have a lot of my music contacts because that's how you keep in touch with some of these rock stars, you know, that they still have their pages on there. Not like you can just look it up, but you you know what I mean? The guys I spend time with. Yeah, yeah. My bus drivers and people like that. So I'm still on there. I I hate it. But Twitter, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on my website. You can find me at the Rams head. September 16th, Annapolis, Maryland. We're all going to be safe. We're going to be vaxxed. We're going to be wearing a mask. I'm not going to big events before that, folks. I'm keeping my audience safe. It's going to be a safe, nice evening. And I'll be at the uh, Wall Street Theater later in the fall and more dates to come. So be safe out there. Episode 23 is in the books. And we'll see you next week. Take care of each other. Bye-bye.